where is this idea that we've gotten that we have to start off being scalable? right? Or that we have to, you know, jump into a business when we're not making any money and we have to create this massive scalability. And nothing's wrong with that if that's where your passion is. Again, nothing is wrong, but it's having more permission to do what we love and to do what fits us and to do what is conducive to the lifestyle that we want. I'm Sonia Statman and you're listening to women in the business arena. Over the last 20 years, I've had the honor of working with thousands of women in business. During that time, I have been obsessed with finding a new way to operate business. One that eliminates hustle, supports ease, aligns with our values, and gives us a sustainable pathway to change the world. This podcast shares with you some of the lessons I've learned along the way. The conversations we have here are intimate, honest, and enlightening. It's like hanging out with friends who also happen to be pretty amazing business owners. Here we challenge what the world says business has to be to trailblaze a path of our own. Are you ready? Here we go. Hi, and welcome back to Women in the Business Arena. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm so excited to have the most amazing panel of women today, which is perfect because this is our second to last episode of the season. Get excited, and our last episode is going to be live. So this amazing panel has joined me, and we're going to be diving in to the myth that we have to go for sort of a, a big business, that we have to be striving after the million dollars, that we have to be working on scaling our business, that everything is about big, 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 that our success should be about us striving for bigness. And I think that's a really interesting myth. And so I want to kind of bust that and explore that. What if we don't have a bigger vision? What if we want to be small but mighty? Like, what does that look like? So let me briefly introduce you to our amazing panel. So our first panelist is Leela Simmons. She is a healing artist on a mission to liberate women from the patterns that keep them broke, sick, and stuck in toxic relationships. Okay, so we all need Leela, like really from firsthand experience. So <laughs> hi, Leela. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sonia. Thank you for having me. Yay. And then our next beautiful guest is Nicole Labru. She is a community herbalist, a radical self-care mentor, an earth-centered business coach that guides women and non-binary folks to find connection, purpose, and freedom through plant medicine, meditation, and entrepreneurship. Pretty amazing things you do, Nicole. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. Yay. And then we have Eva Bramwell, who is a lifestyle and tech entrepreneur, helping people stretch into a healthy lifestyle. So health, physical, and mental is the foundation to positive change in the world. I so wholeheartedly <laughs> believe that. Welcome, Eva. Thank you. This is very fun. Thanks, Sonia. Yeah. And last but not least, we have Naomi Calderon, who believes that simple is the new sexy. Yes. And blending ancient wisdom with modern science, she focuses on taking the crisis out of midlife so women can reclaim their power and live a juicy life in peri and menopause, which I love since I'm currently at that phase. Thank you, Naomi. <laughs> Welcome. 
Awesome. Thanks, Sonia. And for all of you women, it's such an honor to be on a panel with these amazing ladies. I love connecting with you. So I'm excited to see what unfolds. I know. Yay. All right. So let's dive into today's topic. And so you know, I would just love to hear what you all think about the way the world in business and particularly, you know, these sort of business industries that we're in is so focused on scaling, on bigness, on chasing after the million dollar dream. What do you think about that? I'll start. I'm Leela for anybody that's listening and not watching. And personally, I think it does a disservice for people actually getting to that million billion dollar mark. Because as a single mom of three getting food stamps, like reaching for millions of dollars was, huh? I'm supposed to do what now? <laughs> I'm supposed to get over there how again? Um, and reaching for like, I just want my business to out earn my day job was so much more empowering and impactful and that baby step leads to the next baby step leads to the next baby step leads to, oh, hey, look, millions of dollars. Who knew? Yes. But to go from like literally earning below the poverty line to try to reach for millions of dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's unrealistic, right? I, I think if we can't feel it. Or it's so out of our reach to what we're, we can imagine, right? What we can hold. Then how do we create it, right? If we can't feel it, how do we create it? Exactly. So yeah, I think that's such a great point, Leela. Thank you. And not only that, but I am, I'm such a practical person, mm -hmm. which is funny because I work in the, I work in the spirit realm. <laughs> but when it comes to physical plane stuff, I want to see the steps. And if I can't see all the steps to a million dollars, I'm not going to take any of them. Yeah, exactly. And and what's wrong with six figures, right? Or or what's wrong with like having enough to cover our bills and still eat out and still enjoy our life? Like, and what about a meager $300,000 a year? Like, you know, why is it a million? Why is there this striving for something so big? I think that one person and y'all feel free to like get in here with me. Tell me to shut up at any point. But I think that one person's mediocre is another person's success. And I think that we've defined success as only a million dollars or a billion dollars when, you know, for the person who can't even afford pizza night for their kids because you know, Papa John's doesn't take food stamps, <laughs> then getting to the point where pizza night is every Friday night without fail is success. Yes. Yes. How about everybody else? What do you think about sort of the definition for success right now? I think what Leela's pointing out is, is huge. And, and, and Sonia, I appreciate you bringing up the fact that, you know, 300,000 for somebody who, if you're starting out, like my highest corporate salary was 86,000. And it's like, I just wanted to break through that because as an entrepreneur, then I, then I had proved to myself I could do as well as these people who had employed me. But what I'm hearing in the world is, but you should be having $10,000 weeks or months or days yes. or hours or whatever. And there, there becomes sometimes this chasing the dollar instead of focusing on the impact. And I know for me, that's been something that I've personally struggled with in my own 
business because I it can be easy to focus on. But if I'm not having that $10,000 week, who that person who's only been in business six months is, you know, plastering all over the internet that I just had a $28,000 day. And it's like, there's a part of me that puts on my judgy pants, I'll be honest, um, around that. (laughs) But there's also this, if all I'm doing is chasing the money, so so what? And and then there becomes Mm -hmm. a lot of self judgment. Well, I haven't done that. So my business must suck. No, what a load of crap we can tell ourselves as entrepreneurs when it comes to that. Totally agree. Yeah, I agree with that too. Oh, this is Eva Bramwell, by the way, just in case. And I feel like I'm not driven by dollars. I actually will get paralyzed by that. So for myself, it's about maintaining a lifestyle that I really love that holds me and I can take care of myself and I'm helping other people with that too. So I always want to stay really mission driven versus dollar driven and see what's un- what unfolds next. I mean, maybe it is scalable. I don't know. Maybe it will be a million dollar business, but that's not the driving factor. It's definitely a factor to stay healthy, not get burnt out. I've done that before. It's absolutely not in the cards for that to happen. For me, again, I don't have the bandwidth. <laughs> so that mission to stay true and genuine. I feel like if I'm chasing dollars, I feel out of alignment with my value system. It just doesn't feel right. Yes, me too, 100%. How about you, Nicole? Well, my intention in my business is just to have it be a vessel in which I can live the life that I want to live. I want to wake up every morning happy and excited for the amazing things that I get to do in my own personal life um, with my friends, um, with my family, and um, with all of the incredible people that I work with and teach on a regular basis. And from an earth-centered standpoint, um, perpetual growth is not sustainable. And it's not the natural way in which things unfold on our earth, on this green planet that we live. There's always times of growth and there's always times of rest. And things just are part of the natural cycle of that birth and death. So things aren't always growing forever. Um, that is just not that is not the way the energy works here on this planet. 100%. We talk all the time about, you know, on this podcast about the rhythm and the cycle that trying to stay in constant growth is what leads to burnout, right? There's a there's a give and take, there's an up and down. And, you know, just to talk to what a lot of you have said, I think it is about aligning with our values and it is about being able to be sure of what drives us. I don't think money drives a lot of women, right? And and also men too, right? It's not just women. But I do think that there is a lot of women who don't feel inspired to go after money, to run after money. I know for me, that has never been a desire or a factor. And not to say that I don't want to create money. I don't want to make money. I don't want to, you know, make allow my family to be able to live, especially being the breadwinner. But that is not a driving force for me. Impact can be a driving force. Living the life we imagine can be a driving force. Feeling aligned with our values can be a driving force. But I think a lot of women don't feel like they have permission to align with their personal driving force. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And 
interestingly enough, speaking of rhythms, Nicole, what I find um, is that the more that I lean into the mission, the money does follow. So I released my day job to take a, a client that fell through. But then three months after that, last December, while I was laying around with my children, watching movies and eating snacks, I exceeded what my pre-COVID day job income would have been. And I was like, how on earth? What is even? But it was just because my babies were always my mission. And so leaning into it's holiday time, there's two birthdays and Christmas this month. We're going to lay down. We're going to snuggle. I'm going to take four days off. I'm going to watch a bunch of movies and eat a bunch of snacks. And the money just flowed. Interesting. And I find that to be the case. <laughs> I find that to be the case a lot. Right. Like, and how interesting is it that the almost the harder we work, especially if we're misaligned with that effort, right? The harder we work, the less money we make, the less effort we put in, the more money we make, right? Like, what is that about? That's such an interesting process that happens, I think. Well, I think the hard work that we imagine, like when we think about hard work, it's very masculine energy. It's very forceful. It's very grinding. It's very hustling. And that is where I think this kind of butting together of ideas comes in where it's our natural state, like Leela just said, to just be in flow and just to be open to receive and just to be flowing with the tides and the rhythms that are happening all around us. But then we find ourselves doing that and we tell ourselves we're not working hard enough in that masculine grinding way. So then we flip energetic gears and move into that hustle and grind. And, or, you know, I have to sit in front of my laptop for six hours today and do all these things. And, it's very, it gets very um, intellectual instead of very um, energetic and emotional and, and heartfelt. So I feel like that's a big um, thing that we're always moving between as more feminine entrepreneurs is accepting and trusting that abundant flow um, instead of panicking and going into that masculine hustle and grind mode. A hundred percent. Like, and it's so interesting because, you know, one of the practices that I have in my group is creating space. Like we literally have a retreat where we practice creating space. And no matter how many times people have done that, right, it's all about being in the feminine. It's about literally doing nothing, you know, like we practice it together. And I think what's so interesting is they all still struggle with permission to do that, right? Permission, even though they know the value, even though they've experienced what's on the other end, they still feel lazy. They still feel like they aren't accomplishing. They still feel like it's an indulgence to be in that flow, right? And so it's so messed up what we've been taught by the world. And it's especially true in business. Well, and this is Naomi, working with uh, women that it seems like that isn't solely women, but it is primarily women who struggle with that. And there's a guilt working with clients. Often I will hear, you know, when I'm trying to work, I feel guilty because I should be with my kids. But then if I'm spending time on my kids, I'm feeling guilty because I should be focused on my business. And, and it just becomes this crazy buffet of guilt. And it's, it's garbage. So part of that, I think, is how can we as women 
owning our own stuff, owning our lives, owning our business, owning our thoughts, but also us as women who are entrepreneurs in this field, guiding other women, how can we help understand what's at the core of that? What are our expectations? What are our priorities? What are our values? And are the the actions we're taking aligned with those priorities, aligned with those values, aligned, or are we slathering ourselves in expectations that are someone else's value system, not our own? Yes. Because that, for me, is where the bullshit begins. Yes, 100%. Can I say that on here? (laughs) Yes, you can. Go for it. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, look, I think it's giving ourselves permission to really align with our values, to to look inside ourselves to see what do we want to create? What is our vision for our life and business, right? What is our ultimate goals? But, you know, we're so influenced by what's outside of us that oftentimes we haven't even done the deep work. I think a lot of people haven't done the deep work of questioning, what do I really want for myself? Do I want to chase after the million dollars? Do I want to make all this money? I mean, you know, it's interesting because I've often said I have seen behind the scenes of thousands of businesses. And there is a lot of millionaires out there who are hustling and they're barely making any money. And then there's people making barely six figures who bring home almost all of that as profit and they actually have a relaxing and wonderful life, right? It's not about the numbers. What what have, what has your experience been? Have you all seen that as well? I'm with you on that, Sonia. I like my business to be, like you said, small and mighty. Um, I want to receive most of the money that comes into my business. Of course, there are, um, of course, I love paying other people for their support. And I am so grateful for the internet and computers and all the many apps and programs that help me do what I do with so much uh, more ease and so much um, less time. But uh, yeah, scaling and becoming really big um, just seems like something that is more stressful and more work and more of that grinding forceful energy. So I'm totally about getting to keep most of the money that I make. (laughs) I agree. How about everyone else? I have to say I go back and forth on, you know, that scaling of the business. I think I have some terms for it. If it, if it were scalable, large scale, I would absolutely want to maintain integrity and the values that I have right now and bring in people who were able to scale it while I maintain the part or the heart of the business that I'm good at, if that makes sense. So I don't have, I'm not opposed to scaling because that means that I could help more people in creating healthy lifestyles and getting to a place they want to be. That's exciting to me. So if that mission is still there, I'd be into it, but not at the expense of my integrity and mission changing. Yeah, I think that's a really good kind of splitting hairs, you know, answer. Like it's not about not scaling or growing your business or not even, it's not even about making a million dollars. It's that you don't have to, that you can stay aligned with your values and you can go for what matters to you. And I think that's the point. If, if what you really desire, if it feels right and aligned with your values to go after a million dollars or a billion dollars, Hey, we need more wealth in the world for women, right? I'm all for that. So it's not about 
it being wrong either way. It's not about it being wrong to go after being bigger or about it being wrong to go smaller, right? It's really about what aligns with your values. And I think, you know, to the point that you were making, Eva, you know, there is this this idea sometimes that quantity is more impact. Our quantity is better. But in my opinion, it's quality, right? So, you know, sometimes people are like, you know, going after all of these thousands of subscribers and they're doing all this stuff where they need so many people, you know, on their list or so many people following them. And I love to ask the question, how many clients do you really want to hold, right? How many people do you really want to reach? Because I know like for my group, 100 is more than enough. I want 100 in my group that's it. I don't want a thousand. I don't want 500. I just want a hundred really aligned people like, and that's scaling for me. Right. I love what you said, Eva, um, because it made me think about my practice. I hear from dead people, y'all. Like I talk to your spirit guides and (laughs) it is something that everyone can learn and have access to and all of that. I'm not special by any means because, because I've, developed that gift but like that's not scalable for real I mean it's scalable in the way that I could become really only accessible to like the billionaires in the world because I charge a million dollars an hour which sounds like a fun thing to do um (laughs) (laughs) but my my vision for the world and my life on the planet means a lot of money it really does mean a lot of money but my business, my current business, doesn't have to be the only source of that income. Money can come from other places. There's investments, there's real estate, there's all kinds of other streams of income that can flow into my life that don't have anything to do with me doing more channeling or more coaching or more facilitating or more speaking. I think that's a really good point, too. And that's why I think it's important to know what are your values? What are your priorities? What is your mission? Um, because if if my mission were, I'm going to make up a few things here. If my mission were to reach women who had just gotten out of abusive relationships and were cleaning up their lives and, and deciding that they wanted to get back into the workforce, well, guess what? For me to be like, and awesome, I have this $20,000 coaching package. It, it, This is ridiculous. Okay, right. But if I am targeting those billionaires that Leela's talking about, you know, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies or something, a $20,000 coaching package might seem like peanuts. So some of it is, who am I working with? What am I here to do? And, And I think the scalable piece is what are you doing? If I'm working one on one, I hear so often, you need to do group stuff. One on one isn't isn't scalable, and it's not maintainable. Well, guess what I love doing? I love one on one work. So am I just to assume I'm doing business wrong? Right, 100%. And is it because then I'm looking for permission from someone else to do business my way? So we're back to permission. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Naomi, because I recommend every one of my clients start one on one until they're at six figures right? Because that is the fastest way to six figures because that is the the easiest path. And you get so much data when you're working with one-on-one over time 
that it is scalable after that, right? When you've had 100 clients one-on-one, you know what what clients need. You know the data of what can be scaled. Like then you can start to scale into group and other, you know, facets. But every client that comes through, I if they're not making six figures, I put them back to one-on-ones if they're open to it and willing. And so where is this idea that we've gotten that we have to start off being scalable, right? Or that we have to, you know, jump into a business when we're not making any money and we have to create this massive scalability. And nothing's wrong with that if that's where your passion is. Again, nothing is wrong, but it's having more permission to do what we love and to do what fits us and to do what is conducive to the lifestyle that we want. 100%. And that's not just in business. One of the women who went through um, a recent five-day challenge that I did, and I don't work with people to scale their businesses and, and to be in business, uh, though many women are. But one of the things she came to me, because I always talk about women stepping into their power in this season, because society sees us as disposable once we hit a certain age. It's like suddenly we lose value. It's like, oh, uh-uh, I am like a fine wine, and I just went up about a billion dollars, so... Screw you. Anyway, um, and one of the things she said, she's like, well, I'm, you know, she, they just became empty nesters and she really is a homebody. She loves just having her home life and her garden and time for herself and her husband and her friends. And she's not looking to have her name in lights and to be out there in a big way. And so when she was hearing you know, bringing power to this time and stepping into this season. That's the message she was hearing. And I was like, no, this is about reclaiming your own personal power. It's not about what someone else says your life should look like. If it brings you joy to have a garden and a, a home life where you just kind of tinker around the house plus your job, great. There's nothing, like you said, there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with the person who does want their name on a huge ass billboard. That's right. I love what you said so much, Naomi, because I think the way I want to scale my business is so I have free time, right? Like that's my scaling. I just want to be able to putter around the house and garden or take a walk or sleep or, you know, do nothing. Like I want more do nothing time. That's how I work on scaling my business, you know, but so many people think that it's about more money and more clients and more people that you're serving. Yeah, one of the reasons why I definitely became an entrepreneur is because I don't want to work. (laughs) And I don't want the others to dictate how I spend my time and when I have to be places and when I am allowed to be other places and who says I can travel when and where um, and all that stuff. And I think it comes back to what you said before, Sonia, about um, the space. And we're talking about all these shoulds and all these pressures from outside things and like, are we following our passions and our values and all of that stuff. And the way that you come to find all of that is to rest, is to meditate, is to create space, is to do the things that you love to get into that energy of feeling radiant and abundant and then bringing that into your business and everything else um, that you do. But if you're just spending all of your time, um, grinding, even, even listening to what other people are saying, um, coaches, classes, courses, even podcasts, if you're just always in this receivership of other people's opinions and you're not taking the time 
time to actually be still and be quiet and be with yourself, you're never going to find um, your own personal answers to those questions. Yes, 100%. Love that, Nicole. Yeah, that was really good, Nicole. I feel the same way. I mean, I feel like I've created my lifestyle around less is more. So spending less time on work, I even do a little game where maybe you guys have some little games you play with yourself too. I try to do as much work off my phone, walking in the woods by myself as I can before I get onto the computer. It's amazing what you can do. You can condense your time down. You can conserve your energy for those moments versus, let's say, a traditional job where you're going into an office. Although there's some games you could play there too. It'd be interesting to hear what people have done if they're in sort of a a workplace. And let's be honest, most workplaces are not healthy environments. That's why I encourage people to do stretching and exercise throughout the day and take breaks. Just those little games to kind of take care of yourself because nobody else is going to and the culture of work is not going to take care of you. Yes. Look, it's. I think it's all about determining what we want and then aligning our businesses to serve that, right? I know I don't even want to have meetings before 11. I don't create any meetings, clients, anything before 11. Like 11 is my work time start. And I can choose that because it's my business. And you can choose that too, right? I love that. I have one mentor and she's amazing. And so she runs multiple six and seven figure businesses. So she's got, she's a business strategist and she's got business down. Now she will tell you her energy is very masculine. She approaches it from a very masculine standpoint and she's okay with that. That's who she is. Now her partner is like the opposite, like total earth mama. So they balance each other. But one of the things she, she always looks at, well, how come you're not working until like nine o'clock in the morning, all of this time that you could have been being productive and all this stuff. And, and for a while, I kept pushing thinking I needed to do that because I used to be part of that 5am club. 100 years ago, I was a personal trainer. I know I look young, right? Um, And (laughs) I decided I was going to create my schedule so that I was done personal training by no later than two o'clock, three o'clock. Now, everyone else in the industry was like, you can't do that. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't do that? And they're like, well, personal trainers, you work a split shift. Everybody wants to train in the morning, a few trickle in at noon, and then you're going to have to train everybody after work. And I'm like, I'm not doing that because I drove almost an hour, 45 minutes to get to where I worked primarily. And I worked at a big, very well-known company. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. But I was a third party. So I got to set my own hours. And guess what I did? I created, and I didn't mind early mornings, so I had a 6 a.m. boot camp that I taught, which meant I left the house about 4.30, quarter to 5, and I would go teach this boot camp. Then I would go train clients. Then I'd have a little bit of a break, typically in the morning, enough to grab some food, and then I would train again, and I was done by 2. Everyone told me it wasn't possible, but I was committed to it. And that's something I've been realizing and recognizing now. It's like, okay, am I committed to doing that? I'm not having clients until a nine o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm not starting my business till then because where I feel most creative and amazing and juicy in my life and my business is this bunch of hours between nine and four. Love that. 100%. And 
And I think, you know, that's it, is that we've got to decide what we want and create to that. One of my teachers talked about balance in the way of like, we'll really find balance on the planet when earning a billion dollars holds the same weight as like being a mom. I guess it's you both, but just listening to Naomi, what you just said, and also thinking about an assignment that I have from one of my business coaches, which is to find plenty, like to look around my life and find where I feel plenty Mm. or like create it for myself. And one of the places that I feel plenty is not having to get out of the bed in the morning. Like I wake up and I'm like, okay, I can get up whenever the hell I feel like. Yes, this feels like plenty. And the rent check still clears. <laughs> really feels like plenty. Um. So yeah, that, that brought that to mind. And like, while you're reaching for that million dollars or billion dollars, are you reaching for it with this feeling of lack and scarcity and fear and anxiety and stress or are you reaching for it with pleasure and plenty and abundance and ease and space and joy I mean I could contentedly live in a one bedroom with these three people that I live with if it felt like space and ease. I know. I know. Naomi shook her head at me for those of y'all who can't see because she's she's seen me threaten to run away from home numerous times and quit all my jobs. <laughs> but if if I still felt that same sense of space and ease, it wouldn't matter what our space lo- looked like. I don't need a 3,100 square feet. The 3,100 square feet give me this feeling of space and ease. Like everybody can be in their own space. My boys don't like each other. Great. One of you go upstairs. The other one goes downstairs. Somebody go outside. Like, it's fine. That to me feels as like that feels like a million bucks. And that gets me closer to that million bucks. I love that, Leela. I think, you know, just talking about vibration and where you're coming from is a real key to manifesting what we're going after, right? So when we're striving for a million dollars because someone told us to, because we're scared, because we we just feel like this is what we have to do, it's an obligation or it's what we're supposed to do, that vibration never creates a million dollars. But when we're coming from, you know, like you said, abundance and ease, I love the words that you used, right? When we're coming from that spaciousness, and we want this goal because it feels right, right? How much easier is it to create? Well, and I think too, it's what comes up for me is it's more likely to keep creating and recreating it if it's coming from a place of lack. If I'm coming, and I've been there. I've been there. I've done that. I still occasionally catch myself. It's like, okay, what's really the intention behind that? If I'm coming from a space of chasing after something, and that space is a frantic chasing versus chasing after something because this is what I want and it feels glorious and amazing. It's a very different energy, both from a thought process, 
but also that how do I feel it in my body? If I'm feeling frantic, if I'm feeling panicky, if I'm feeling that. So yeah, I do believe and, and I've lived in those tiny spaces that Lila is talking about. I had a 300 square foot cottage that I loved. Absolutely freaking loved. And I've also lived in bigger spaces where it was like, eh. so yeah, it's not always about the space. It's about what are we bringing to the space? How are we creating the space? And I think it's true, whether it's our home or our business or our life that we're looking at. What are we bringing to it? And, and Leela, I appreciate that exercise you said that your your coach is having you do on, on what would feel juicy. And I'm not sure who used the word indulge earlier. But that word, somebody had posted it a while back. And, and at first I was like, because mm, as a health coach, I think of people indulging and it's like, get out the box of donuts and eat the whole damn thing, right? And but when I actually started digging into the word, because I was like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that word. And so I looked up the actual definition. And it's really about just honoring pleasure and desire. And it's like, well, frick, from that standpoint, mm. we have made indulge a negative thing. And when people take time off, oh, I'm just, I had a couch day, I'm so lazy. No. How do we change the self talk so that we can really go after and chase after these things from a place of, of pure joy and pleasure and drop the guilt. I am banned from the word lazy. First of all, I'm brown skin, just entering the planet as a brown skin human like that identifies as female just opts me out of being able to call myself lazy because I work hard <laughs> just by virtue of existing. Yes. And then I went and got like a chronically ill mother and then I became the rescuer in a codependent relationship. I don't advise. Don't advise at all. Zero stars. And then I became a single mom of three. I can't be lazy. Just by virtue of existence, <laughs> I work hard. So I banned myself from using the word lazy. And I'm, I'm resting I'm recovering, I'm rejuvenating, I'm healing, like whatever it is, it's not lazy. I love that, Leela. Like, it's definitely not lazy. And I love that you brought up, Naomi, the indulgence. Like, I think indulgence is such a beautiful word, actually, and that we should be indulging all the time. And that's so juicy. And, you know, I often think about if we're indulging in our business, what does that attract, right? Like, good things, good people, right? Wouldn't you want to work with a business that is indulging itself? Wouldn't you want to like, like how juicy that some of that energy would rub off on you? I live in um, Rhode Island on sovereign Wampanoag land right by the ocean. And it's summertime now. And this is my absolute favorite time of the year. And I go to the beach all the freaking time. And I was talking to some, I have a five-year-old son and I was talking to some of the other moms and I was just like, and a lot of them are actually entrepreneurs. And I was just like, oh yeah, every, it's every Tuesday I'm like going to the beach, like on a work day, like every summer. And they were like, they're like, what? Like you do that? And I'm like, yes, because when I'm at the beach, I feel like an ocean goddess. I am in getting infused with all of these radiant sunbeams. And I just feel absolutely 
incredible and radiant and vibrant. And that is the energy that I want to bring into my business instead of being like, no, I have to work and like dilly dally on my computer for six hours today, because that would be in some weird way being, um, more productive. And also I kind of just occurred to me with this beach conversation with these other moms that when you're a teenager, when you're in your twenties, so you're, you're so much of what you're doing is kind of setting yourself up for the future, like striving and putting things into place and learning the things and all the, what you need to do for the future. But if you don't ever, if you don't become aware of that, then you're constantly striving for the future instead of being where you are in the present moment. And I'm in my late thirties now. And I'm just like, you know what, this is the time that I was working towards. Like this is the life right now. Every day when I wake up, this is the life that I'm living. So I'm choosing to live the best life and the most fun and indulgent and radiant life that I can live right now, because this is the only thing that exists right now. And if you're constantly striving and not good enough and all this work for the future, guess what? You're never going to get there. So just enjoy the life that you have today. Yes. I love that. And that's a great place to end, I think, for this episode too. I have loved this conversation and I'm so thankful for all of you. Um, I will have in the show notes all of these amazing panelists' information so you can find out more about them. You can connect with them. So I'll have all their information there. Um, If you could wrap up each of you with one maybe realization or insight you had from today's conversation or one piece of wisdom for our listeners, what would it be? I'll go. And this is something I say a lot. And I just want to put this out in the world. Taking care of yourself is taking care of everybody else. So if you take care of yourself, you're doing the world a service. I love that. Thank you, Eva. I'm really going to tap into this word of indulge. It just sounds so fun and so juicy and like total that's my theme word for the for at least till the end of the summer and i'm just going to soak up every minute of joy and pleasure and indulgence that i can receive i'm totally here for it i love that me too nicole right that's such a perfect word um i think for me the big takeaway is just the reminder to come back to what it is that i want What do I want to create? What do I want to give myself permission for? What does feel indulgent and juicy and vibrant and amazing to me? Um, It's a reminder to put my money where my mouth is. I talk about women coming home to themselves. Well, guess what? This is exactly what I get to do on my own journey because that's where the power is for all of this. This is where the thriving in business comes from. Beautiful. Thank you, Naomi. Leela? In this conversation about why you need a million dollars or why that looks like success for you, I think a better question to ask ourselves is, what does my ideal lifestyle cost? I have three offspring. (laughs) So in that billion dollars is their legacy. But if it were just me, it would be a way smaller price tag. So just something to consider when you're setting that target. I love that, Leela, because I think it's really about determining what matters to us and, you know, the alignment. It's not about the numbers or the quantity or because someone else said it. It's because we know what it means for us. Yes. 
So thank you all for joining me today. It's been beautiful. And thank you all for listening. And we will see you next week. What did you think of the show? Our guests are all phenomenal women. So be sure to check them out. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we are going live for our final episode of the season. We want to give you an opportunity to ask questions about any of the topics from this season, and we're really looking forward to live interaction with you. You can find more at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Thanks so much for listening to the show, and see you soon.